This episode of Creepy is presented by patron Emily Reed. Our donors make this show possible. Please consider donating to the podcast and the continuing daily episodes at creepypod.com support. This is Creepy, a podcast dedicated to sharing the most famous, chilling, and disturbing creepypastas and urban legends in the world. Whether these stories truly happened or are simply fabrications is for you to decide. These stories may contain graphic depictions of violence and explicit language. Listener discretion is advised. Creepy presents The Bad Days Day 32 Aftermath Credited to Brian Nysonger And submitted for consideration at creepypod at gmail.com I notice he gets that faraway look whenever he thinks about it. I ask him how she's doing and he tells me that he hasn't really spoken to her. Last he heard, she just started dating someone new. She met her new boyfriend when she tried out for a role in Othello at the local community college. He heard she might be getting married, but that might just been a rumor. He wasn't sure who told him that, but it seemed possible. And if so, he wishes her well. He tells me she always seems happy to talk to him the few times he's spoken to her. She always sounds really excited, but also a little sad. He laughs, but I can tell he still has a little bit of a thing for her. Maybe he always will. They say sharing traumatic experience either brings you closer or tears you apart. I guess in their case, it was the beginning of the end. Later, he tells me that no one ever marries their high school sweetheart, and that he's happily married now. He and his wife have a few kids, and I honestly can't disagree with them there. They have the traditional white picket fence life. Three kids and a dog. Nice little house in the suburbs. He goes hiking with the kids and out for drinks with his buddies a couple times a month. He works as a mid-level manager in a marketing firm and seems to like his job. His employees like him and his bosses are genuinely happy with the work he gets done. He's either genuinely doing well or at least so good at hiding it that there really is no difference in the end. And he deserves to be happy after what he went through. He told me they sold the car. They just couldn't get the scratches out of the paint. And once everyone knew the story, they just wanted to trace the marks with their fingers. Everywhere they went, people wanted to touch the car. People always asked them how it felt and if they were scared. I think people just wanted to be a part of something famous, or I guess notorious. And here was the proof that it had happened, and it wasn't just a legend. It got to be too much for them after a while. They just wanted to forget it ever happened, and everyone else wanted more and more details. I think they sold it to a news reporter. And I think he got a pretty good payout from it. I don't think he had to work during college, so maybe that's where the money went. The trial was short, physical evidence conclusive. The guy only had one hand, and the old, if it doesn't fit, you must quit, didn't really work. 
They found the guy with a bloody stump on the side of the road. Cops pulled him in for questioning. He first tried to explain it wasn't him. But that seemed really ludicrous to everyone involved. Finally, he admitted that yes, he had escaped the pen. But it was all a misunderstanding. He was just trying to get a ride. He never meant to hurt anyone. He claimed that although he used to be a violent offender, he'd reformed in prison, found religion. He'd just been looking for a lift, nothing more, and was sorry for what happened afterwards. According to court records, he claimed he noticed they were scared, but that he could explain the situation and then they would understand. His defense attorney tried really hard, but what could he do? The prosecutor was able to show that the prosthetic definitely was his, and that he'd been fitted for it temporarily while he waited for a more hand-like one. The jury deliberated less than ten minutes. Guilty on all charges. I don't think he's ever been to see the guy in prison. Between the escape charges and the assault charges, and his already lengthy prison sentence, I don't think he's ever getting out of prison. He'll most likely die in there. I've heard he has a certain notoriety, gets a lot of fan mail. I think I heard he was recently married. I think it's the same old reason some women marry serial killers. It's the excitement. A little bit of a thrill. Or maybe not. I don't know. They were going to do a special on him recently with all the new interest in true crime. But so far he's refused all interviews. They tried to catch up with my buddy and his ex-girlfriend, but so far they've also refused interviews. And without the victims or the perpetrator, all that's left is the court documents. Which, although compelling, don't add up to enough for an entire hour's worth of material. They do get the occasional mention in passing on various true crime podcasts. But since everyone knows the story, there really isn't any new angle. This story quickly fades again. He still keeps the hook hanging in his bedroom. I wonder what his wife thinks of it. She never mentions it at all which is a little strange. I can't believe the cops let him keep it. But I guess after the conviction, there wasn't any reason for the police to keep holding on to it. I guess it was just going to be incinerated along with all the other evidence in the case. Since the man claimed it wasn't his, there wasn't anyone to stop my buddy from taking it home. They were able to get most of the blood off of it. it looks almost brand new. After all these years, its sharp point still gleams. I suspect every few years he takes it down and cleans it. He told me once he just hung it on the wall and hasn't really thought about it since. I'm pretty sure that's a lie. For more information, including pictures and videos of the stories told on this podcast... Or to suggest stories for future episodes, please visit us at CreepyPod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or email us at CreepyPod at gmail.com. All stories told on this podcast can be found at CreepyPastaWikia.com and are protected by a Creative Commons license. Some rights reserved unless otherwise stated.
Item number SCP-5186. SCP-7160. SCP-7533. Object class. Euclid. Keter. Safe. Special containment procedures. Spreading across the hemisphere and kicking up vast amounts of ash and dust. <laughs> the only thing I could hear was 7219 <laughs> laughing. Do you remember your name? Heartland Counseling. Appointment update. I feel them again. Heartland Counseling. Appointment update. They're in my ears! Heartland Counseling. Appointment update. Nobody understands! SCP Archives is a weekly fiction podcast. Each episode, we dive into the strange, the unknown, and the... Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or at scparchives.com.